It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as hell at Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the engine-breaking F1 podcast. Boom. Get it up, yeah. Contrary to popular belief, we have not been cancelled and deleted off the internet. <laughs> we, we, yeah, not yet, at least. They're, they're, they, they have been trying, and we can feel the dark forces working in the background, but we're, uh, we're fighting them. Welcome to the Engine Breaking Podcast. I'm your host, Blake, a.k.a. Break, and this is Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. Hashtag frauds. Um, yeah, we took a little break for a week. Life seems to happen, and... Uh, when you have more to do than just a podcast, sometimes it's like, you know what? Let's just not do a podcast this weekend. We'll come back stronger, better, harder, uh, but not much longer because I got to get out of here. <laughs> and that was this week's episode. So thanks, everyone. And uh, we'll yeah. see you again in another four weeks. Yeah, cheers for tuning in. Well, speaking of work, we are going to take a little break. I think we'll maybe two weeks off. I am I am adhering to the Formula One. My dog's unhappy Ooh. with that new news. Ooh. I'm adhering to the uh, Formula One shutdown policy, uh, and I'm going to go on holiday uh, while I can. Um, but I think we'll we'll come back for a Zanvort preview episode. So this week, um, we're gonna we're gonna kind of go through. We'll I'll quickly touch on Hungary stuff. A little bit happened. Maybe there's a couple things we're talking about. Uh, then we'll do a little bit of a news roundup because there's some interesting stuff going on. There's a an exodus of personnel at Alpine at the top of the food chain. Uh, we'll have a little check-in with Danny Rick. Not a whole lot to say there. Uh, Sky, not Sky, uh, Ferrari talking about driver contracts. And there's some rumors that uh, Aston Martin have gotten uh, a little, uh, hey, guys, hey, guys, can you stop doing that? It's not strictly legal. But that's all rumors and nonsense. So we're going to basically lean into it completely fraudulently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slap them down with that technical directive. Yeah, whatever that is. And the thing about technical directives is we don't see them unless somebody in the press leaks one. 
like the, the, the technical directives, like all the technical documents that go out on the rules and checks and forms all every weekend, technical directives yeah. don't live anywhere. I, you know, like we've both worked in F1. I was there for six years. I never saw one. I don't know. Did you ever get to see one? I never even saw yeah. one. Oh, did you? Because oh. because I was in the engineering group. They would come around to, to that because a lot of the technical directives had to do with vehicle dynamics or aerodynamic performance topics. So those were kind of important to know that that and then well, here's a, here's a funny story here's how technical directives work and we've talked about this before and then i'll get into the rest of what we're doing but the adhd is in full tilt in classic swing technical directives go something like this a team will write a letter to the fia to say dear fia we would like to inquire if we did this thing which sounds a little bit like cheating is cheating and the fia replies dear ma'am or sirs thank you for your polite inquiry we acknowledge that you don't think that anybody else is doing this <coughs> ferrari <coughs> Fer red bull <coughs> aston martin we don't think anybody's doing this but if you were to try this this would not be technically legal and here's our stance on these three variants of that topic and then they kind of publish that and that's a, a a notice to those teams to be like don't do that and they're like oh shit we just lost half a second the lap <laughs> so that's how that works that's yeah. how technical directives work Dear, dear FIA, can you confirm that we are in a grey area? Thanks. Mm. But you never ask on behalf of yourself. You say, you know, you yeah, have a... Theoretically, if we were to do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then, so that's that. Uh, we'll talk about the Spa Grand Prix, the, the fantastic sprint weekend. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, after, after the little break, I think we'll take two weeks off and come back. Uh, we'll have some new episodes, maybe some guests. We haven't had a guest in ages. It's no. been a hot minute. It's because everyone hates us. Yeah, it is. Now, we've got a list of people that are like, literally dying to be on the podcast. We said, yeah, Red Bull HR. You. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Red Bull uh, legal team, Red Bull catering. Uh, yeah, Christian, Helmet. To be fair, Helmet's made a couple of appearances on podcasts recently, which I was like, there's no fucking, like, that being said, you know, he's gotten rid of the Nokia brick phone. He's got an iPhone now. Wow. Hot news, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, he, he doesn't have the Nokia brick anymore. He's got a real iPhone. Oh, what a time oh. to be alive. Uh, it is a time. But anyway, um, shall we get back into... The Hungarian Grand Prix. Quick review. We got a couple points on this. Hit it. What did you think? All right. First thing first. Hungary was the introduction of the alternative tire allocation, which is basically you've got a lot less tire sets. A normal race weekend, you've got two hards, three mediums, and eight softs. For the alternative allocation weekends, you have three hards, four mediums, and four softs half the number of sets of softs um and the, one of the restrictions is in qualifying in q1 you've got to use hards in q2 you have to use mediums and in q3 you have to use softs so basically they've cut out a shitload of soft tires to save on tires which realistically this makes sense but what did you what did you think about that did you have any I think, Did it make any difference to you for the weekend? Yeah, so like the end product in terms of spicing up qualifying, uh, I enjoyed that. I think it worked quite well. Absolutely. Granted, granted Hungary can be a bit of a um, funky track for qualifying with track evolution and things like that. So how much of that sure. was down to the tyres, I'm not really sure. 
Um, I would like to see us try it again. I imagine they're going to try it again. I don't actually know off the top of my head if we're doing this again. Yeah, me neither. I'm, I'm not sure exactly, but yeah. Uh, but it did the, make uh, Friday the most dullest. I mean, Fridays aren't exactly exciting as it is. Um, no. Everyone just basically sat in the garage and said, no, nah, we're not going to use these tyres. We'll just we'll do a couple of laps and that'll be it. So it sort of wrecked the Friday to spice up the Saturday. Yeah, but I think... Yeah, on one hand, if teams are out on a track, that's a loss for the fans. Honestly, if you're at the track, if you're watching on TV, that's a loss for the fans. And interesting, most of the teams, um, they only ran two softs the entire weekend up until they got to qualifying. And in in Q3, they ran two sets of new softs if they made it to Q3. Um, But as a result of this, most of the teams that made Q3 only started with one new hard and a couple of used mediums and softs and maybe one used hard, I believe, but it seemed okay. Like, like you said, like it brought in a little bit of unpredictability to your point. We also get those kind of unpredictable sessions when you have high track evolution, which signed me up for more of those, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I'd like, to, like I said, I'd like to see it on a different track before we um, give our official seal of approval, because clearly well, that's what the FIA are waiting for. What we think. Yeah on this podcast stefano called me yesterday and i was just like mate i'm not sure we're like we need a little bit more data you know and he's like shut the fuck up and i was like yeah this this call never happened yeah we are the (laughs) f1 shadow government our our buddy rory uh, talks f1 says monza is the next alternative tire allocation weekend thank you which could be a great shout um qualifying if go on i was going to say if you want to come and correct us live on air which we do need people to do because we are shit at this uh how can you do that blake well, uh, usually we stream this on twitch.tv front slash brrr, aka. So that's, we usually do the podcast on my Twitch. We're toying about doing this on the YouTube channel in the future. So if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube later or you're on Spotify, come over to our Twitter and let us know what you think. Like if you could tune into this live, where would you be likely to tune into it? Um, but otherwise, we'll see you there. But uh, yeah. So qualifying in Hungary, Hamilton takes pole. Uh, a, a sniff, a sniff ahead of Max, like they were neck and neck. And it looked, going back and looking at it, neither of them really got their lap together. Hungary is a tricky track. You've got this long turn one into this weird turn two, high speed, bouncy turn four, turn five combined, lots of low speed S's, and then a pretty, pretty fast medium speed, lots of long combined corners at the end of the track where your tires are overheating. You're trying to gauge your tire prep and warm up, which when you go two hards, two mediums, two softs, usually you go medium, soft, 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 soft for the rest of qualifying. So yeah, I'm into it. Um, the race, the race for me was, was okay. The best part about the race was Terry Cruz was on the grid <laughs> with Red Bull and, uh, uh jack from red bull on uh marketing did a little interview with him and talking about the steering wheel can i just get a nine nine if you're driving in your car just shout nine nine or yeah or if you're on twitter let's, let's see some of that oh, your dog, dog yeah, even the got dogs are giving us a nine nine <laughs> i love it uh, not not six nine it's nine nine they're different um the race tire compounds just a, a step softer than last year which was good um here's a here's a good one Qualifying for Hamilton, Verstappen, Norris, Piastri, Joe. Yeah. Guanyu Joe was in P5 
and then he has an engine issue on the start and bozos back to p16 and what else happened as a result of that it was almost comical and it kicked off a whole civil war this next thing yeah uh the french civil war of 2023 occurred um the alpines i think joe went into the back of danny uh, which is a great start for him for his first race that's just what you want isn't it yeah. Um, which then tipped into one of the Alpines and then the Alpines basically took each other out and it was just like, great, nice, nice. well done, well done Alpine. Not their, fault, not their fault, but still. Wow, dude. Oh, and like just to cut through the race, like a race pace, uh, um, fastest driver per team looked like Verstappen, Hamilton uh, and Norris kind of in that order. But obviously Norris finishes uh, ahead Norris is on the, I'm just losing my mind from it. Yeah, Norris is P2 in that race, but realistically, Hamilton losing out on the start, he goes from pole and gets mugged back to P4 and behind Verstappen and the two uh, McLarens. And uh, he just like, when, you, when you're when you not that much faster than those cars and you get bozoed like that, like you're, it's going to be difficult to come back through. Um, he stops early and comes back. His final stint was fucking rapid though. So yes, I'm good. brace yourselves, everyone. Sit down and uh, buckle your seatbelts. We're going to actually have some semi-competent technical analysis here on on the show. It only happens once every month. Um, but something I've picked up on is the Mercedes is absolutely dog shit on high fuel. And as soon as looks you, like yeah, as soon, as soon as you burn off a bunch of fuel, it's it not it's not a rocket ship, but it it, it improves drastically. And we see I, that in the final stints at the end of races where they just all of a sudden start flying. It's where they've burned yeah. the fuel off. It's it's interesting because I think looking at Spa, it's not massively dissimilar to that. Like, well, the loose is pretty fast all weekend in Spa, but in the past we do see like the final stint. It's like, aha, they're alive, finally. It's like, where have you guys been? We've been we've been waiting for you. But um, it's, it's good to see that. So, uh, yeah. Two two Red Bulls and uh, Norris on that podium, but Norris um, Piastri Piastri got the better of Norris on the start, coming up from P four to P two, and then uh, unfortunately he gets undercut. He yeah. gets undercut by Norris. Just uh, Norris had a, a banger of an in lap and out lap, uh, and that's the way it goes sometimes. And then uh, ooh, had a little bit of wheel banging between Perez and. Uh, Piastri and Piastri was dog slow after that. But to be fair, in the middle of his second stint, Piastri was falling away as well from Norris. Norris had quite a bit better pace. Um, mm. I think like it, after the race, did Piastri not say he had damage somewhere? Which I feel, yeah, yeah. I feel I'm I'm not sure. And this is this is a couple of weeks ago. Now. I'm not sure if the damage came from the wheel banging with Perez exit two into three, um, but. Yeah, I'm not too sure on that. But yeah, un- unlucky for him. But like, honestly, Piastri, his his uh, his sense of humor fucking kills me, bro. Ah, I love it. Oh, what else have we got in that race? What else is going on in Hungary? Uh, Russell shit Saturday drives from P18 to P7th, and he was promoted to 6th after Leclerc got a speeding in the pit lane. Oof. Oof. So, um, what sixth after finishing eighteenth? Yeah, good, pretty good going. Yeah, decent decent recovery as well. What did but Perez had a recovery drive and from what back in 
P8, 9, and finishing uh, yeah, P9 up to P3. Yeah. Not too bad. But uh, Lewis was coming for him at the end of the stint on the final race. And then uh, Ricardo does a 40-lap stint on the mediums with pretty low deg so he can finish P13. Yeah, yeah. That's... Yeah, so I suppose Danny Rick is what we need to talk about, don't we? Because Hungary was his first race back. And I was... Uh, yeah. I, I think I upset a lot of Danny Rick fans on Twitter because I, I do this quite often. And I don't mean it as an insult, but I, I didn't think Danny Rick would just jump in a car and be competitive against Sonoda. And like I say, it's not a dig against Danny Rick. It's just Danny, it's Rick's, just facts. Been, Danny Rick's been out of a car for so many months and it's a new car, yeah. it's a, a new team for him, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, no, but very impressive, Dan. Well done. Big yourself yeah. up. No, I mean... So, I mean, let, let's, um, I mean, that's kind of all I've got for Spa, or sorry, for Hungary, the podium for Stappen, Norris, Perez. And let's, let's talk about that quickly. McLaren look to be on a resurgence. They've had several events in a row, challenging for podiums, great qualifying performances. And we'll see a little bit more of that in Spa, at least in qualifying. But Danny Rick, let's check in with him. We're two races in. Uh, he was, he was got the better of it in Hungary. Um, how did he do in Spa compared to Sunoda? As yeah, I mean he he got into Q two. Sunoda didn't make it to Q two in this session, so it's the verdict's out, man. Like, but I don't feel like we need to. Do we need to put Dan in a box right now? Nah, faster, slower. I mean, let's let's put it this way. You're driving an Alpha Tower, which is not a particularly fast car right now. So you're not fighting for points. You're lucky to get points. Um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think he's made any howlers. He kept it clean after getting smashed in the ass on the race start. So that's good. Yeah. And in Spa, P9 in the sprint. Uh, nearly, was it? Yeah. Anyway, uh, he's done a good job. And welcome back yeah. and GG's. Yeah. So we've got... Let's, let's let's call Hungary wrapped up. I'm sure we've missed a lot of really important stuff, but um, we foreshadowed something else. We we've got the Alpine French Civil War, the mass exodus from the team. And going back to Hungary, what did they, they announce? There was an announcement in Hungary that sounded like somebody was getting a job promotion, which also means they got awesome. fired. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Laurent Laurent uh, Rossi got the um, what is it? The Martin. Uh, Whitmarsh treatment of being buried at the bottom of the MTC lake. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Laurent Rossi's now been wheeled into a cupboard somewhere in Viri and told it's a job promotion and he's never allowed out of the room. It's a special pro projects cupboard, which is basically where they keep a bunch of old dusty stuff. But this seems like a, a match lighting off something that's been going for a while and smoldering in the background and they've just poured a little bit of kerosene on it. In Spa... We've had basically the announcement of three more departures from the Instone outfit. What do we got? Uh, Otmar got booted out after being there for what? How long two was seasons. He there? Two two seasons. A season and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Great. Um, <laughs> Alan Permain, We also lost him, but he has been part of Instone for like what? Since uh, 1989. Yeah. So I mean. To, to show him the door after that amount of time is is uh, yeah. rough. So, um, Otmar, formerly uh, team principal of Force India, turned Racing Point, turned Aston Martin, and then 
uh, he went to Alpine after, you know, the, the strolls were like, right, we'll get Whitmarsh in and we'll have this other sort of shuffle and other people do these other jobs. Otmar, you've been here long enough. Thank you for keeping this team that I used to work at, keeping it from letting VJ destroy the team, whatever he was doing or yeah so otmar keep kept that one afloat and he goes to alpine and he gets a year and a half and then he gets the the axe and then alan permain's been there since 89 and he was their sporting director um yeah i'm not really sure uh but, but someone has just reminded me in the chat we did get the quite possibly the best f1 quote in ages from uh otmar who said uh getting nine women pregnant doesn't give you a kid in one month yeah, and if anyone has any fucking clue what he is on about, uh, then please let me know. Um, because he said he said, "Oh, as the old saying goes, who's ever fucking said that? I've never heard that in my life. What are you talking about?" I, I, somebody else mentioned it. Is, it has to do with the divisibility of work, and it's like you, you know, some some things have a fixed time scale, and you can't do more work to make it work faster. So, uh, my, my plan is to not to get anyone pregnant because I don't want kids because they sound expensive. Oh, apparently it's a, uh, a Warren Buffett, uh, Buffett quote, which makes sense why I've never heard it, because I have the financial prowess of a breeze block. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, can the, you I'm give the, us some financial advice? Yeah, I'm the, poor, I'm the poorest rich person that I know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Alpine, in their infinite wisdom, have uh, appointed Bruno Fannin as the interim team principal, but... Um, let's let's talk about that. And rumors, let's, let's we'll come back to him. But rumors have it that Minato is coming back to uh, look after Alpine. That's who they are thinking about. I don't know, man. Surely Ferrari, when they said to uh, Benotto, like Benotto, time it's time for you to step aside or whatever. Surely they gave him a massive envelope full of cash and then a little contract in there that said, by the way, you can't, there's a non-compete clause for a year. Surely. I mean, if at the end of the year, that'll come to that. So maybe that's why our, our mate Bruno Femin is holding that post until the end of the year. But interestingly, Vassero, who is now the team principal of Ferrari, was the team principal of, of the Instone outfit, which is Alpine, in 2016. But and he got booted by a bit of bull and co and the, the goons. But let's talk about um, the guy that is now the interim uh, team principal. Bruno. He, here's what Alan Prost said about him. Um, and so in early 2022, Alan Prost was dismissed from the team along with March and Bukowski. Um, and that was linked to like Otmar coming in. And it sounds like Rossi was like, right, can you guys leave? Uh, we're going to bring in Otmar and he's going to take over this thing. And then Rossi fell out with Otmar recently. But Alan Prost was like their advisor, like Nicky Lauda was to the teams. Laura, and then this is what <laughs> this is what Alan Prost had to say about um, Laurent Rossi first. Laurent Rossi is the finest example of the Dunning-Kruger effect, that of an incapable leader who thinks he can overcome his incompetences by his arrogance and his lack of humanity towards his troops. He thought that he had understood everything from the start when he was totally mistaken. I love this team and seeing it in this state today saddens and distresses me. 
Yeah, this, the, the translation of that is Laurent Rossi fucked around and found out. <laughs> yeah, he fucked around and found out he was... Uh, and then he got stuck in the broom cupboard. And then um, I did a little bit of digging about who Bruno Feminine is because I have no idea who he is. And there was an interview with him on Sky. And if you look that up on Twitter, it's really impressive because he talks about projects and alignment of projects and how people weren't aligned with the projects and the projects weren't aligned with the people. And he says that about 30 times by which I forced sand into my eyes. It's time to play buzzword bingo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking hell. So uh, he's the VP of Alpine Motorsport. He was a designer at Peugeot Sport in the 90s. He did some other shit. He became the technical director of Peugeot Sport in 2005. Um, and then director of Peugeot sport in 2012 i believe and then he joined the fia in 2019 as everybody do they they just joined the yeah. fia and they're like you can come here do fuck all and we'll pay you a load of cash because you're one of our mates yeah. um we're just waiting for that call up and then he was the ceo in charge of engine development for alpine from february 2022 the great uh alpine performance uh, Renault engines uh now he's the vp of alpine motorsport and yeah, like honestly, and if Altmar got sacked because he hasn't turned the team around in a year and a half, you might as well sack Bruno Femi because like Renault engines will never not be shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're, they're never not going to be shit. It's true. It's true. And, you know, it's easy to meme on it and say, oh, Renault engines are shit. Uh, but it's true. And it's very easy to to, to figure out why. And we, I think we've spoken about this before. Renault is partially owned by the French government. And trying to convince the French government or any government for that matter. It's like, hey, our, our very engine development center, it's pretty old. You know, we could probably yeah. invest a few millions into it. Yeah. Uh, I don't Dino, think any Dino government... Dino 9's still leaking fuck. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think any government... Fix Dino 9? No government's going to turn around and say, yeah, sure, fuck it, have some money for your F1 team. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so um, our buddy Formula Racers on Twitter this morning posted something. Uh since 2016, how many team principals has uh, Instant had? Mm. Well, it's more than I've had children, which is a pretty impressive feat. So it's got to be more than three, surely. It's it's four now. So Vesser, Frederick Vasseur, 16. Cyril, a bit of a tool, a bit of a bull, uh, 2017 to 2020. Sapnauer, 22 to 23. And now we've got Bruno Femin. Um I'm probably butchering his name, but I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure he listens and he's very offended. We've lost a listener. Uh, yeah. However, one listener that I want to shout out and I would like to bring back is uh, Cyril Abitable. Bring him back. Bring him back. I have a funny feeling him and another mate got shown the door because they were doing bad stuff. I don't think he'll be back. There you go. A vicious rumor started from the engine braking podcast. There, he was doing bad stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty, sh- yeah, I'm pretty sure he won't be back, and he will never be invited back. Yeah, and you know, we we don't, we can't say what that bad stuff is because that'd be very irresponsible of us. But uh, I'll say it, and I'll just say domestic terrorism. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, well, let's move on. Speaking, we we mentioned. Um, our boy Frederick Vasseur, and I'm sure he's been balls deep in this next topic. Oof. 
Uh, is this the ongoing saga of Ferrari driver contact, uh, contracts? It is. And the game of how much into uh, self-inflicted pain is Charles Leclerc not kink-shaming? Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, real quick while we're on this topic, it's a serious topic, no kink-shaming. If you want to drive for Ferrari and destroy your mental health because that's what gets you off. Have at it. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so w- w- the rumor, of course, this is all we have to work with is rumors, is Leclerc's looking at another two or three years of pain and suffering. Two years takes them through the end of this regulation cycle, and three years takes them into the 2026 power units, the first year of that, which, mm. yikes. Um, signs wants the same deal, uh, but, but Frederick Vasseur said you're going to have to stop driving into other people and blaming other people on your shit race starts, you fucking bozo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we'll I'm come back be, to that. Yeah, all right. We'll come Go back. On. We'll come back. We'll to come that. back to that. But let's let's say hypothetically that you do not renew Carlos Sainz's contract. Who are you putting in that second Scuderia Ferrari? I'm trying to think of who they got in their engine program. Uh, in there, sorry, their young driver program that's up and coming, and I'm probably having a bozo moment, but I can't actually well, think of a single one. Well, our buddy Yepa from the chat, if you're in the chat, I'm the secret ingredient. Yepa put a really good Twitter tweet, just rounding up the uh, silly season, who's available, who's not available. Um, type your Twitter username, and everybody can check it out real quick. But the, we're talking about Mick Schumacher. I don't think so. Uh, Charlotte's suggesting Ollie Behrman, but he looks like he needs some more time in F2. The Red Bull aren't going to let go of Lawson. Um, so I, I will now, I know we're talking about who you're going to replace Carlos Sainz with, so I'm going to completely answer the opposite and say, I don't think, I don't think they get rid of Sainz and I'll tell you why. And I think it's ooh, because ooh. the Santander money is too good to turn down. Yes. Um, and if you're wondering, uh, Yepa is J-E-P-P-E underscore O-L-E-S-E-N. And he's got a very comprehensive uh, summary of the uh, silly season. And I, I totally didn't agree with him or try to ratio him today. So I feel like that's a little bit weird. But yeah. And Daniel Ricardo, people are saying. That's a good one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't see. Yeah, I, I, I think signs is sticking around as... Uh, if, you're, if you're Charles Leclerc, right, and when you're not too busy putting out piano songs on Spotify, why would you want to stay at Ferrari? I understand <laughs> there's a lot of heritage and it's it's a Ferrari and all that jazz, but after the amount of pain that Charles has gone through, I, he's got a much stronger mental fortitude than I have because I would just turn around and say, fuck this, I'd rather drive a Haas at the minute than deal with this shit show year after year. Well, I'll tell you why I wouldn't drive a Haas when we get to the spa uh, bit. But, Hmm. all right, all right, all right, let's turn this on its head again. If you're Charles Leclerc and you're not driving a Ferrari and you can't go to Red Bull, where are you going? Mercedes Uh, or McLaren? Where would you go? I'd I'd make a play for either Mercedes or McLaren because Lewis is out of contract. I've... You know, we don't really know what he's doing and he's not getting any younger, you know. He he will leave eventually. Why not sort of turn around and say, hello, Mercedes. 
McLaren, I don't think. I, I don't I don't see that opening. Piastri's doing well. Lando, it would obviously move on somewhere, but where? And what, like a swap between Charles and yeah, Lando? I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah, I I'm I'm agreeing with Yepa in chat right now. I think Lewis is doing another stint. He can't dip out. And his best hope, honestly, is twenty twenty six. And if twenty twenty six is shit, dip out after that. You know, if Mercedes don't turn around a good power unit in 26 and the chassis still dog, it's, t- it's Wait, time. More, can we have that one more time, please? That was really good. Mm-mm. That was no, that it. was not a dog in my background. That was uh, a, a bark straight from uh, Blake there. Woof. Woof. But anyway, speaking of teams that are not doing too hot right now, some like the rumor mill is going and nothing's official that Aston Martin... Have have a uh, have had a uh, a technical directive happen and they're fucked. Yeah, commiserations. So it, what looked like them upgrading and going the wrong direction could have been them rectifying things that were found to be um, relatively unsavory potentially, or a combination of both, or they had to stop doing something. So yeah, I don't know. I think this just stinks of. Red Bull have won the last 12 races in a row. We're bored. What shit can we throw around and make stick? But if you're Aston, you would definitely keep the, the burner on, man. I, yeah, there's, there's none of the rumors have been substantiated, and I haven't seen anything, but I think we'll probably get some more I, stuff coming out after the break. Aston Martin are investing an incredible amount of money into their team, which is great, but they still have issues with in-season development, and that's something that you know they will catch up on eventually. You can't just instantaneously spend money and improve that that's a process you have to go through they built a fast car at the start of the season i just think they've been outdeveloped by stronger teams the thing is though from what i can see is they're falling away relative to everyone at quite a harsh step which on the face it's me i agree with you teams are still developing but i don't think everybody's found half a percent over the period of three races collectively like the top three four five teams i mean mclaren McLaren have the mclaren have ferrari haven't they're about the same gap to red bull mercedes are about the same gap to red bull yes they keep having good results but if you look at the offsets and pace uh, i i think i wouldn't be surprised let's put it that way i would not be surprised are you backing this rumor then is that what you're saying You know what? Um, can I put a hand on a Bible or something? I don't have a put Bible. Put it on your YouTube play button. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do it. Fuck that. All right. <laughs> Why don't we... Uh, so we'll get some more about that and keep an eye on Twitter. If anything happens over the break, Dan's going to like keep you guys in the loop because I'm totally getting off Twitter over shutdown. That fucking dumpster fire. Oh, you can't call it Twitter anymore. It's X. That's Twitter. Fuck you. You're dead to me. Fuck All right, you. now the Fuck podcast... You, yeah, Elon. Elon Musk is an f- absolute geezer in the worst way possible. I'd, I'd Spe- gone with Bellend, but yeah. Speaking of absolute geezers, real quick, can we give a, a quick shout out to our dude Jake Dennis for wrapping oh, yeah. up the Formula E World Drivers Championship? Dude, honestly, it could not have happened to a nicer fucking dude, more talented, more versatile. Um, that they they locked that in. Uh, Envision 
have locked in the constructors championship informally. I've got a couple buddies that work there and uh they're fucking killing it. So they they beat the factory team. Jake beats the factory team to the drivers. And then Envision beat the factory Jaguar team to the constructors. What a time. Get wrecked. Get wrecked, nerds. Yeah, go on, Jake, though. Uh, huge congratulations to both of them. Um, let's move on to the Spa race event. What was, what, was your, what was your favorite thing about the Spa race event? Uh, when it finished. Yeah, honestly, same. Uh, my least favorite, that it was a fucking sprint weekend. I know <sighs> I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt earlier in the season. I was like... But it's more fun for fans if they're their track. Honestly, fuck sprint race weekends. I'm sorry. Who I want a strong conversation with whoever sat down, looked at the calendar, and thought, "Hey, Spa would be a really good circuit for a sprint race." Who, who, who thinks that the Spa would be good for a sprint race? No one. We knew it before the weekend came. As soon as they announced it, we all <laughs> said, "Sprint race at Spa? That's shit, mate. That's bollocks." Yep. And uh, <sighs> it was bollocks. So well done. Yeah. Uh, basically, fuck sprints. Uh, I can't tell you what makes a good one or not a good one. These, what makes a good sprint race? Nothing. Nothing makes a good sprint race. Uh, even like a wet, dry. I uh, don't get. We'll get into it in a minute. Let's let's get let's get into the event, shall we? Um, sure. You know one of the you know one of the best things about spa is is leaving the track on Sunday night hauling ass from the paddock with a police escort and a convoy to get to the airport on time. Mm. We, you, so you leave the circuit, you go up through the hills, through the sticks, you've got a police guy on a motorcycle, and he's he's a bit of a geezer. He's definitely Belgian as fuck. Uh, he's got a mustache. He's got a mustache, and uh, he is driving his motorcycle, and you guys are following him, cutting through traffic, and he's getting fuckers out of the way, and he's pulling people over in the middle of the road saying, fuck off, the convoy's coming through. Uh, and he would drive through. He's a bit of a dude, an absolute geezer. And uh, usually, yeah, it's like, I'd like to have a beer with this guy, but he's my police car driver. And uh, it's good fun. It's good fun, that. Yeah, I, I thought you was going to say the, the best bit about Spa is the complete inability to create a correct uh, drainage channels and the correct yeah. inability to produce stairs that don't turn into ice rinks when it rains. Oh! The, the death stairs that go up from the uh, hospitality area to the paddock. So the mm. paddock is down a level and, not, and, the, and the paddock is up half a level situated in turn one. And that, those metal stairs are the death stairs. I, I think anybody here that's involved in sports cars or been in the paddock before has probably almost had a death on those steps. Yeah, Lance Stroll, he had a, a near-death experience going on to his... Uh... Wasn't the Aston Martin hospitality? He went our arse over tit, didn't he? Bless him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but even but, so, like uh, we're getting into the weeds now. But team okay. team issued kit, right? We used to get those. Um, what are they? The Puma trainers, and they were, they had like a special material on the sole, so they wouldn't slip when you trod on oil in the garage, right? And it was they were pretty good. They worked pretty well. Even those could not handle the fucking stairs of death. There's just something about them. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I love it. But um, let's, let's get into the event. So it's a sprint weekend. So you've got one session to set up your car free practice one and guess what it's wet it's fucking wet so you get one session and then you go into park Ferme, which is french for don't touch your fucking car and you can touch the front wing angle and that's about it it was great there wasn't a whole lot of running either people were just like ah oh, fucking hell and the thing that sucks about sprint weekends if you're an engineer all you do is you set up the car for the first session and then you're just fucking operational for the rest of the week. It's like, yep, we'll uh, put these tires on the car and we'll go drive. And if you're Haas, you'll definitely fuck your drivers out of both qualifying sessions. We'll get yeah. to that. We'll get to that. We're, we're almost there. Yeah, I just, look, some people like sprints. That's fine. You know, in the same I way to, that some people like Nickelback. I mean, I used to respect the people that like sprints. I just don't see it. It's, there's nothing in it. Honestly, I didn't. I, I said I wasn't going to watch Saturday. I just do the data analysis for my newsletter at buymeacoffee.com front slash break, which is pretty dope. Um, I had some guy email me and tell me that the reports don't come out soon enough. That's why he's canceling. I'm like, dude, if you want me to just copy and paste a bunch of fucking graphs and do a, a document and send them out after the session, I'll do it. But um, that's the reason why you you subscribe to this, because you actually get somebody telling you. And explaining it to you, not just copying, pasting templates that somebody else made for you. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's working out quite well for you because I won't reveal the name, but there is a high-profile subscriber that you've got, isn't there? <laughs> We're not mentioning names. We that, won't mention yeah. names, but yeah, there, yeah. Is, there is someone high up in the paddock that uh, is quite interested in Blake's data. Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting thing, but I'm not going to spoil that. It's not Dan. No, it's Me, not Engine Mode 11. No, I'm not, I'm not no. fucking paying for it. You're having a laugh, aren't you? I, yeah, I gave Dan a subscription to it. But uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, we, we go straight into qualifying. And qualifying is another intermediate to dry crossover session, switching to enters in the middle of Q2. Um, speaking, as, we, as we were talking about Haas, uh, Hulkenberg was knocked out in Q1. Because he missed an attempt to set another flying lap at the end of the session due to pit timing, basically measuring your out lap and your in lap and your cool down lap, and they fucked it and they got him knocked out in Q1. Um, yeah, fucking wild. It's not the first time that happened this weekend, and I'm so, so annoyed. I'm so annoyed. Um, for Stappen, sets a lap at the end of the qualifying on a soft. It was eight tenths faster than anybody else on a track. <laughs> it was kind of fucking wild. I've just had a complete brain fart. This is not the session where they didn't declare it wet, even though. No, this is the next session. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. Sprint shootout. Yeah, but I was confused as well. I'm like, they blend together because guess what? 
It's really interesting that you say that because it's like there's like two of the same sessions that are slightly different, but not different enough to be fucking memorable. <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck I'm me. with you, dude. So uh, just just a little Sorry, general yeah, roundup. A little general roundup. McLaren looked slow in a straight line, so this event they're definitely running more downforce than usual, despite the fact that McLaren have been more competitive in terms of top speed in recent events. So they're they're upgrades, which I've got a video coming out next week about McLaren's performance improvements, looking at the whole season uh, using some pretty clever shit that I'm I'm pretty happy about. I'll uh, I'll share that on my buy me a coffee Ooh. and also a video coming out next week, but. Uh, McLaren, they, they put some more downforce on the car this weekend, and that's one of those trade-offs you usually get. Is like, it's going to be wet this weekend. You put a bit more downforce on the car and get some grip in the wet, or do you fit the fastest wing, which might be a little bit slower in the wet? But who knows? Um, the results for Stappen, Leclerc, Perez, Hamilton, and Sainz, Carlos. And that sets the grid for Sunday. Um... Max also has to take a five-place grid penalty for the gearbox, which was confirmed later in that session. So that brings us to the sprint shootout. Oh, yeah. Another 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 session where they're, like, slightly shorter. The interesting thing, though, the only interesting thing is that since the session is shorter and the lap in Spa is so long, like, the, the laps are, like, minute 46 is a fast lap. Um you know, you, you you get you can get one set of tires, fast, slow, fast, outlap, in lap at either side of that. Um, it was a dry, an enter to dry crossover session, but the DRS was not made available in the session. And there's something like it wasn't declared wet or something else. I don't know. So they didn't declare it wet because it means that you had to adhere to the uh, the tire rules. Is that not what it was? I'm so fucking lost now. Ah, uh, is some stupid nonsense where that they didn't want people sticking softs on or something dry tires on a track that was drying but the way it was worded meant they could still stick mediums on or something I, it was it was just I, it was basically the fia like we're not going to declare it wet because you lot are gonna take advantage of a loophole in the rules rather than mm, us actually uh, fixing our stupid fucking terminology okay. and rules so I was correct. It was basically that you could pick, use whatever tire in whatever session. So that way you had to use, I believe you have to use hard, medium, soft in this format as well. Uh, and that throws all the windows out if you declare wet. So they didn't declare it wet, but they did not enable DRS for the entire session, which looked like it shifted the order around. But before we get even further into that, Hulkenberg aborted his lap on his uh, first set of enters. Um, and apparently the chief race engineer was like, no, the tires are out of the window box for a new set. Uh, so he puts a new set of enters on in order for him not to cross the line in order to be able to set a time lap. You've got to set a fucking banker in these sessions. Holy shit. That, that was, was mine. Straight out of the F1 manager 2023 playbook. Yeah, I literally almost punched a hole through my screen when I saw that. I was like, you can't do that. Um, in Q2, Stroll tries a medium at the end of the session <laughs> as it's as it's drying and uh unfortunately it gets a little bit off the dry line and uh yeah four drivers didn't set a lap as a result of this albon or sergeant stroll and alonzo so stroll knocked his teammate out for the sprint qualifying here's well done did you see this in sprint qualifying three at the end of the session russell and hamilton start a lap 
line astern. Oh, Jesus Christ, yes. And the internet burnt itself down over this. Yeah. <sighs> so Russell is in front. Uh, he fucks it up into T1, which then basically puts him in the way of Hamilton for the majority of going up the Kemmel straight and all that. And Russell's not inclined to move out of the way. And they're basically, they're basically, I don't know, Russell, I'll fuck it. I'll put the blame on Russell. He, he screws it up for Lewis. Um, however, the real blame here uh, lies on Mercedes for putting him out with such a fucking small gap between them. <clears throat> I'm, yeah, I, I think that's the risk you take. Like when you, when you, I, I think what was the gap? Like three or four seconds or something. And, when Russell goes super huge wide, Hamilton gets the toe. But looking at the lap, Hamilton didn't actually lose much from it. Like, but like, let's, let's put oh, let's be fucking you, clear. Didn't you put this on Twitter and end up getting cancelled for saying such no, a wild no, thing? I didn't get cancelled because it was fact. Uh, uh, yeah, but it, it, it was it was left open enough. I'm not saying that. But long story short, Toto said that Lewis could have been on pole. And I looked at all the laps that everybody had done the entire weekend. And I was like, I just like, there's nothing that I can see that Lewis is going to find. What was it? Nine tenths of a second from the lap that he set. You know, people like, oh, but what about track improvement in sector one? Like the track improvement in sector one was less than a tenth. Because guess what sector one is? Sector one is a sector one's a single fucking corner. Sector three, (laughs) sector three is the exit of a high-speed corner, which is flat, and it's the bus stop. So, yeah, like, realistically, um, him being offline, going down to turn five, wasn't ideal. But Lewis wasn't fast in turn five at any point this entire weekend, including the race. So I'm just, like, I'm not seeing it, and it's not me trying to dig on it, but it's just, like, one of those, when you see a really weird statement, it's like, nine-tenths off, could have been six-tenths off. How would he have been on pole? He's just... Toto's on that uh, PR hype. Yeah, I, I, you got, yeah, gas him up. And it, and it was shit. His lap got fucked. We're never going to know what happened. Um, but yeah, top five in the sprint shootout for Stappen. Piastri. Uh, Piastri was absolutely mad in sector two, whereas yesterday and Friday, Max was insane through uh, turn nine. But seriously, Piastri was on one. Um, Signs, Leclerc, and Norris. That's your top five. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There you go. I don't know what to. I don't know what to say. Yeah. I I, I, there you go. Yeah. I think, I think, let's let's keep going the rest of the way. The sprint race. And this was this was really good. Um, the race starts on wets behind the safety car, and they basically drive around until the visibility improves, so that they can put on intermediate tires. That's it. Did I mention that I hate sprint races, by the way? Uh, no, why don't you do it again? <laughs> yeah, I hate them. But did you see what Mario Isola said? Uh, well, what he said and what the internet thinks he said. So the internet thinks he said, basically, the wet tires are useless. Correct. What he actually said was, wet tires are useless if you're only going to use them to follow the safety car. Correct. Um, I'll, I'll, go, I'll be as bold as to say, actually, both statements are true. Yeah, they are fucking true. Uh, like, uh, also, we didn't mention this. The FIA the other week tested the wheel guards, which were meant to prevent spray. 
but most of the spray comes from the diffuser blowing the the water up into the air. So obviously that wasn't uh, an issue and it deemed a failure. And at some point, Isola said, yeah, we developed some wet tires that were five seconds a lap faster than the previous ones, which is kind of weird because I've been at a couple of wet tire tests prior to 2022 or 2021 when I left. Yeah. I sorry. I, yes. I don't think that's true. I don't think that statement is true. <laughs> yeah. But but here's here's the solution to this. The issue the solution is to pro- he Zola proposed a super intermediate or an intermediate plus for the 2024 season. Um you could intermediate also, plus. <laughs> yeah, you could also just call this a usable wet tire. But, but to be fair, the cars are dealing with visibility issues and spa. They were not going to fudge they, they were not going to touch a visibility issue with yours. Like they're like, no, we've already had in the past. We had a fatality at the top of a Rouge um, during the, the spa 24. There was also uh, another fatality related to visibility and high speeds. And they're like, we're not touching this. We're going to wait until the spray is down and we're going to do this. And I think that was the right decision. But in the longer term, Pirelli need to come up. Pirelli and the FIA need to come up with a solution for visibility um, and a better wet tire that doesn't aquaplane as badly. Yeah, but see, this is another one of the issues, right? So you bring in aero rules, right? That mandate that your diffuser has to be the super aero slide 9000. And then you are surprised that all of a sudden spray becomes an issue. It's mm. like, I mean, I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but I think we all saw this coming. Why didn't they? And there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, what, what can you do agree, to yeah. reduce spray from a giant diffuser? Uh, nothing. Yeah. Well, like at the end of the day, it yeah, that that is what it is. So if 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 you have tracks where visibility is an issue, you cannot run in super extreme wet conditions. And I'm I'm sure there's a lot more clever people uh, that will figure this out. But yeah, all that to say. The race started on a tire that has been deemed useless if they won't want it because of visibility. And I don't really think that's the tire's fault. That is, as you said, uh, a byproduct of the the design, the philosophy of this regulation set. So fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Sorry. I don't mean to be a downer, but I just, I don't really know how you fix this. You know? No, I don't either. You know how you fix it? Uh, you you take all the distraction away from the fact that everybody pits straight off of the inters or off of the wets onto the inters. Uh, Piastri pits first; he gets ahead of Verstappen, and then Max overtakes him anyway. And then you let Paris and Hamilton race, and let Hamilton drive into Perez or understeer into them when Perez was falling back, and then let the internet set itself on fire again. Yeah. <laughs> GGS. I, I, uh, yeah, we, we lost a podcast listener as a result of some of my comments on this as well. Oh, did we? Yeah, unfortunately. I'm surprised they stuck around this long anyway, to be honest. Yeah, so we're down to four. Thank yep. you guys. Like, um, we, we do appreciate all four of you, though. Yeah, one of them's my nan. Um, <laughs> yeah. one of them's your dad. Yeah, exactly. And two of them are the blokes from Steve Nidge Butchers. Yeah, yeah, my, my, my butcher as well. So we're still at five. Ah, get in. Um, but yeah. <laughs> So basically, Perez was falling back at 13, I think it was 13, 14. 
And there's a door wide open and Lewis goes for it. He gets up on the curb and he gets a little bit of understeer. And there's some people taking a snapshot of when Lewis had corrected after he had touched. I'm like, he turned in on him. I'm like, you motherfuckers should not be let anywhere near this without two fucking brain cells to rub together to figure out that that was not Lewis turning in on him. And I, I don't, I feel like they gave Lewis the penalty because they retired Perez, not because of what happened there. Yeah. The, the same kind of thing was a lap one incident, Azerbaijan, Russell on Verstappen, hole in the side pod, same level of damage, sprint race. They That was deemed that. Like, I, if you're Lewis and you don't go for that, you're going to get, you're, if you're Lewis, you're going for that. End of story. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. To be honest, I've, I've not, I've watched it once, so I'm not going to talk like the authority on this one, but. I'm inclined to be more lenient when it's wet. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's not like it was a, a stupid move. Perez was literally bleeding lap time there. Yeah, I, 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 you're you're going for it. You're going for it. And if and if you if you touch wheels, if you touch the side of the car, so be it. I, I feel like the penalty was applied as a result of the DNF, not as a result of the contact from a slightly opportunistic move. I think, yeah, people are getting a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I think the two penalty points on the license as well was a bit fucking harsh. Mm. I'll have to check up on this, but I think mate, I think when you get a time penalty, you automatically get points on your license. I can't remember if that's still the case, but I think that's why they ended up getting two points. But that's his only two points, so he'll be all right. It just seemed a bit, I don't know. Yeah, mm. as a Red Bull, red a horribly biased Red Bull, I wasn't <laughs> um, insulted by Lewis's attempt. I'm too biased. I'm so biased that it's like reverse, and I've got this like Stockholm bias syndrome where I'm like, yeah, that was definitely right. Um, I so like that the- after this as well, um, where Hamilton parked his car up, the onboard camera, it was like right in front of a gate, so it looks like he just drove straight into prison. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was so funny. There's like the, the iron gates yeah. there. It's like Lewis Hamilton has been sent directly to jail. I was like, oh, no, Lewis, don't do it. No, Lewis, no. Um, yeah, but why don't we move on to the Grand Prix event? The actual freaking race. Why not? Hey, hey, um, right. Well, pretty much the good thing is since it's been wet all weekend, basically everybody has new tires. So that's, that's good. Um, it ends up being a mixed two-stop race with most drivers focusing on the soft tire. And like in looking at the stents, like people were doing about 15 to 20 laps on the soft. People towards the end of the race, you saw a lot more longer stents on the soft. The first stint, some people were hopping off of that after uh, lap six for Ricardo, lap eight. So, I mean, the soft was okay, but if you abused it, it, it wasn't going to hang around too long. Um yeah. Now let's get into another dumpster fire, which is there's there's only one answer to this dumpster fire. Race start. Race start. Let me paint the picture for you. Just close everybody. Close your eyes. Yep. It, it, unless you're driving. If you're driving, you can keep your eyes open. But if you're I driving, recommend close your eyes yeah. if you're driving. <laughs> yeah. Um. On the race start, both Piastri and Signs get reasonable starts, and then Signs uh locks up. And he basically has to avoid colliding into Lewis. So he's like, right, there's a gap there. I'm going to go for the gap on the apex of turn one. Well, he was, what, 
Piastri's front left wheel was about the middle of Sainz's car. And they basically both go for the spot at the apex of turn one. So Sainz's reply after the race was, not what we wanted today, a racing incident. But Oscar was too optimistic. He was never side by side, and that move would never really worked in Spa. Congrats to the team and Charles on an encouraging result. We'll keep pushing after the break. I was like, you fucking bozo. <laughs> oh, dear. He, he doesn't know how to take the L. Mr. Uh, the new sponsor for uh, Ferrari is Teflon, and they have been in race suit Teflon shoulders. Uh, yeah, just slide exactly. it off. Like, <laughs> nope. Nothing <sighs> to do with me. No, no, no. So, of course, the race, um, are, since we're so freaking biased, uh, yeah, Max is up at P4 by the end of lap one. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's correct, unless my figures are wrong. And then, basically, everybody goes from medium to soft at that point. Or, sorry, from soft to medium. But around lap 18, we, we, Russell starts sweating so profusely that everybody starts to experience low grip, apparently. Uh, and yeah, so we get a little bit of wet track and people are like, ooh, ooh, do we stop? Ooh, we're on that medium. Maybe do we put on the soft? Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And it, it never, nothing really ever came of it. The only thing that happened was, uh, yeah, our guy Lando hits off of the mediums. Uh, and then he's on a hard for a bit. He, Lando was the only person that fit a hard. And then he pits onto the soft during the rain and then does a 27 lap stint to the end of the soft. And where does he finish? Yeah, P7, not a great result. What, 70 seconds, nearly a whole lap off the lead? Nearly? Not quite. Not oh, quite. Fucking by the end of it, mate, I think nearly everyone was a lap off the lead. Jesus Christ. Well, no, no, everybody, there, nobody was a lap down. Nobody got lapped. I mean, it's, a, it's in a minute. It, Through uh, the, the fastest, mercy of Max Verstappen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the fastest race lap was Hamilton's, was a 147. Most people's fastest lap was 150. So they were all slower than that, effectively, per driver. <sighs> what else is going on in this, man? Um, ah, I'm not going to spoil it here. I'm not going to spoil it here, but there was something seriously up with the Red Bulls during the race. And I guarantee you, as a matter of fact, that both Red Bulls left at least 20 seconds of race time on the table. Uh, and you don't need a rocket surgery degree to see it. And this has something to do with Max and GP fighting on the radio. There's a video. By the time, if you're listening or watching this podcast later, it will be out on YouTube. And if you're in the stream right now, the video will be live in about 40 minutes. So I'm not going to spoil it. But Max's and GP's conversation during the race. Uh, yeah. Uh, the video, it will be on Break F1. But yeah, that, that was so, so funny seeing Max and GP. GP's like, thank God Break is coming. Like like the, the shutdown. I can't wait to like not have to talk to you during the race for a little bit. <laughs> I, I, love, I love their married couple relationship. And I love the fact that GP gives just as good as he gets back to Max. I think, was it during one of the qualifiers? He was like, Max was talking about having to do two push laps or something and gp was like well yeah then you would have run out of energy and you wouldn't like that would you yeah and i was just like go on gp yeah that was uh that was friday wasn't it yeah because max was basically not happy like these all these events are blending into my head now uh max was not happy that they almost got knocked out in q2 he was basically dead last in q2 um and yeah gp was just like right here you do the run plan you do the tires you do the sets and max was like okay and then at the end of that, Max did, he said, I got a bit heated. 
It happens. But that's the whole point of the race engineers to deal with a driver having a pissy fit. It happens. Like literally emotions are high and that is a, a skill required of a good race engineer to be able to cope with that. And I think if you're a driver like Max or Lewis or anybody else, you're going to be extremely fucking demanding. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a good relationship. And yeah. it's, a thing, it's a thing for F1 as well. I mean, there's been times when I've been trackside, stressed out my mind, trying to you know fix or resolve something. And I've been a bit feisty with someone that I work with or whatever. Mm. And then like, two, like two, yeah, two hours later, you know, we're still best of mates. You just, yeah. It's, you know, it's pressure. It just happens, but we have a good enough relationship to deal with it. Yeah. To be fair though, like Bono is another fucking cool operator. Have you ever seen Bono flustered? He's just like, all right, mate, get on with it. The yeah. only thing that I will say is you don't have Christian hop on the radio very often, but every now and then Bono's like, mate, I can't be fucking dealing with this right now. Toto, can you sort it out? And he's like, Luis, drive the car. We know it's shit. Luis, do <laughs> it, do it now. But like people try to like make a big deal about that stuff. It's not a big deal. It's the thing. But anyway, the Red Bulls sandbagging or not question mark. The video will explain everything at the end of the race. Lewis smashes on a new midium. You know why? Because he didn't have any new softs, mate. Ugh. And then uh, he he puts in a very ferocious lap. His fastest lap was a 147.3. Max's fastest lap, a 148.9, which was on lap 32 for Max. Uh, I don't want to be that guy, but I looked at those laps because I was like, wow, where did Lewis find all that time? Uh, it was Red Bull question mark sandbagging. And they weren't even like they didn't even go to full energy deployment. They were clipping down. The Red Bulls were clipping down the straights. Like just, you know, when you get to like near the end of the straight, like 100 meters, you should see the car speed dropping down because the batteries turned off. They weren't even deploying energy. They were not. I don't think Red Bull were trying, but outright, either way, that lap was uh, pretty fucking rapid. And it was only like a second and a bit off of the qualifying lap. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's also as well, like we said earlier, the Mercedes on low fuel is a quick car. Um, mm, it does just, it does get better race start high fuel it seems to struggle somebody was and I, I tried to look through the data and i didn't see anything clear about it but both lewis and george were talking about bouncing especially at higher fuel so maybe when the ride height's a little bit lower with the fuel load they're getting a little bit of that uh, porpoising yeah spa's porpoising. always spa's always been a bit of an outlier for porpoising hmm so that's yeah that is an odd one um we talked about norris's race uh, Alonso finishes best of the rest just ahead of Russell and Norris. Not too exciting. In terms of pace, it's clearly Verstappen, Perez, and then Leclerc and Hamilton were about similar. Hamilton's final stint and Leclerc's, like, if you look at their stints, the only thing is at the race start, after Perez comes through, Hamilton loses quite a bit of pace. And then at that point, by virtue of losing that, he's basically just slightly out of touch with Leclerc. But matching his pace. Yep. Um, Alonso's better than the rest of the pack, but the midfield was entertaining, but completely chaotic. And then the podium, Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, with Verstappen 22 seconds ahead of Perez, and then 32 seconds ahead of Charles Leclerc. Yeah, Max had a bit of a monster weekend, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, somebody somebody posted something and it's like f you know casual f1 fans are going to switch off because of this dominance and it's like that's like 
F F1's always looked like this unless you get to the end of a regulation cycle. So if the sport loses fans, so be it. Uh viewers may have noticed yeah. there is a bald, yeah, little man. a bald peanut has appeared on my <laughs> uh stream. Hello, mate. Are you guys you, related? Uh, can you give us your opinion on the Spa F1 race, please? What did you think of it? No, you're just going to mash my keyboard instead. Okay, <laughs> thanks, pal. That's really helpful. So, yeah, there you go. We've got a new third host. Yeah, I, I think that's what he thinks of the uh, the sprint race weekends. He's like, yeah, they're absolutely garbage. Garbo. The dance kid is really cute. Oh, my God. I still don't want kids right now, though. Did he hear me? Yeah, yeah, you Signs did not say that. I did not say that about Carlos Signs. Oh, sorry. He's just headbutting the mic now. I love it. I love it. Dude. Oh, dad life. Bye. Bye. He Have a great you, he night. He left you drink. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, that's what he thinks. Yeah, he's like, Carlos, I think with Translate, he said Carlos Sainz is a little biatch. Yeah, yeah, oh. that's exactly what he said. So, records. Red Bull, 13 consecutive wins. Verstappen on eight consecutive wins. If he wins in Zandvoort, he's tied with Vettel at nine consecutive wins. And they're already breaking things like their trophies for the second weekend in a row. Just for the fans. <laughs> So it was it was one of the mechanics uh, last race with the team. I don't know where he's going, um, but they basically like grabbed him and hosed him down with the Red Bull and, you know, the, the team photo at the end. And they knocked over the uh, the pit board and smashed one of the trophies again. Oh, my God. Look, that was a freaking good one. They, <sighs> uh, they look god awful. Those trophies. What are they like? Yeah, what, they were cruise what, ships in Spa. Why would, makes, perfect, why would, makes perfect sense. Why were they boats, man? That was weird. Because uh, it was sponsored by MSC Cruises. Because uh, the spa region is obviously a very popular cruise destination. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah. Fair enough. There you yeah. go. So many of them, they're just smashing them for the fun now. Can't yeah, believe it. Good job, Em. Good, good spot on that one. So why don't we move on? Because we haven't done this in a couple of weeks. And we've got two weekends to catch up on. We've got the section. You ready for them? Fraud watch. Right. Fraud watch is where we put somebody on blast. Um, we've got to do Hungary and we've got to do Spa. Dan, who who's on your fraud watch for Hungary? Uh, a bit harsh, I think, mm. but uh, I'm going for it anyway. And um, uh, I'm going for Gwen Yuzhou. Sorry, I, think... I don't think it was his fault, man. Yeah, fuck <laughs> it. I'm, I'm doing it. I don't Lean care. Lean in. Fuck it. Lean in. Oh, yeah. fair. Fair enough. Um, I gave actually, incidentally, I, I did this before you put that in. I gave Alpha a mayo. So they just, I don't know, really slow. Yeah, really they've been disappointing. Going backwards, haven't they? Mm. So, yeah. What about Spa? Who's your on front watch for Spa? Uh, sprint races. Just yeah. the whole concept of it at Spa. <laughs> Fuck them. Uh, mine's going to Charles Leclerc. No, I'm just kidding. It's Carlos Sainz. You fucking bozo <laughs> only only because of that tweet otherwise yeah I was, I was like dude come on own it you fucked up the start it was like that, remember that tweet 
was it Singapore 2018 yeah. or whatever, where Ferrari was like, what we tweeted was a factual statement of events or whatever. It was, yeah. it was shades of that again. Yeah, dude, that is fucking wild. Um, engine mode, good boy for Austria for Hungary. Who are you whoa, going for? Oh, hang on, we'll play it. Oh wait, hold on. Oh shit, did I not do the thing? Play the bumper. Just... Oh, you, 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 who's a good boy? I am. I'm a good boy. Oh yes. Um, so engine mode, good boys, where we give somebody some props for an event, and let's go for Hungary. Uh, I'm going for Red Bull, just to break that record or equalize it at Hungary or whatever. You know, it's I understand, right? It's a bit boring that they've won, what, the first 12, 13 races, whatever it is. But I'm now leaning into it, and I'm like, no, I want to see them win them all now. I just want to see how yeah. far they can go with this. Fucking complete it, mate. Mm. Anything less than 100% is a failure, and the team is mid. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I'm giving mine to Pirelli because they did the alternative tire allocation, so they produced less shit tires for this race, and it worked out. I yeah, that's fair, sure. right? Save the planet, quit making crap tires. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about Spa? Who's your engine mode good boy for Spa? Uh, carrying on with the Red Bull theme, I'm giving it to GP uh, for his, you know... His his ability to be uh, that person in the relationship, and uh, he's so patient, yeah, and he's just so dish it out as well as he takes it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm gonna give mine. I know it didn't really work out, but Oscar Piastri's been fucking impressive, and like I, I feel like now that the car's finally turning a corner, he's able to show that. Like to be fair, McLaren have been doing an awesome job, but uh, Lando's had some some great runs as well. But Piastri is. Super impressive, super impressive. And I, I want to see nothing more than uh, McLaren to keep improving their car because um, they've got two super talented drivers that deserve a top-notch piece of machinery that is high performance and well-balanced. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, rookie doing, as Grim says in the chat, rookie actually doing good with a good car. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, I'm... I'm- I think I maybe spoke to you about this the other day or maybe someone else, and I was I was like, who else has impressed as much as Oscar has in their rookie season? And I couldn't really think of anyone until I sort of went back to like Max and Lewis and things like that. Yeah. No, nothing comes to mind. Not DeVries, that's for sure. Oof. 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 So why don't we... Um... What are you doing for? Are you, are you you're going to take a little break? Are you going to be doing any streaming or gaming? Because we've got a couple of weeks of no Formula One. I'm not going to uh, do any podcasts until then. I don't know because work is absolutely slamming me at the moment. You should slam work. Uh, I'm thinking. You know, we had this chat the other day, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. If I could afford to quit and do this full time, I would. Yeah. Well, basically, how much money can you afford to spend on doing this full time? Because that's what it is. It's not making money. It's burning. Yeah. Well, yes. If you well, want to be like a successful streamer that earns thousands, then start with millions or however mm. that saying goes. Yeah. Uh, something like that. That's a race yeah, car team. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing over the shutdown. So who knows? Maybe I might surprise some people with some stuff. Um, but I know what we are. Oh, hey. I know what we are doing. Friday. Yeah. What are we doing Friday? 
We're going to be in London at Tomo and Aldas's live event. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Matt and Tommy are going to be there. Katie Fairman's going to be there. Tomo and Aldas. Anybody else? Guests? I don't be, I'm sure I there's going to be just, everybody there. Yeah, I think it's just them announced so far for some fucking odd reason they've asked us. Yeah. Um, but hey, maybe me and Matty from uh, P1 can finally unblock each other on Twitter. He can unblock you. you mean? Well, yeah, sorry. He can unblock me. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be real. I think... I think uh, I think so. I think so. Uh, we can we can sort this out. And it's bridges it's, it's, will it's, be built. Yeah, exactly. It's it's for the greater good, for the greater good. Um, I am. Yeah, I've got that Friday. Um, so if you're going, do be sure to say hello. And then I'm going to take almost two weeks off and go to Greece. It's my first proper holiday since 2019. So uh, I'm going to enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I'm don't I'm not fucking thinking about Formula One. I'm not taking my laptop. I'm going to take a, a black notebook and a pen to write down ideas, and I'm going to read a couple of books. Like Adrian Newey with your notepad. Yeah, exactly. And I'll just be drawing like kitties. Mm, I might Barry do, and Sterling. I might take over the podcast and kick you out and do like a end of shutdown roundup of what happened. Send it. Send it. Get a guest on. Yeah. See, I'll see what, what Marco's up to. Yeah, exactly, man. I'll be so pissed if you do that without me. Trying to learn but his anyway, iPhone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you guys do us a favor. Um, don't forget to support your local butcher. I'm going over to some mate's house, and I'm pretty sure they bought meat at Costco. I'm not sure that counts, but I'll scold them. I'll, <sighs> yeah, I'll scold them. Too in the right. U.S., Costco has good meat, though. Or Sam's, one of those has really good meat in, oh, in the U.S. I thought you said Costa. I was like, how yeah. does Costa have good meat? It's a coffee shop. Costco. <laughs> Costco, sorry. Yeah, I'm with you now. Yeah, everybody's saying Costco has good meat. But yeah. Well, there you go. Um, you guys have a safe, if you're, if you're observing the Formula One summer holiday, uh, be safe, have fun. Um, call your parents, tell them you love them, say hi if you yep. can. And uh, yeah, toot freaking toot. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.